welcome to the Restoring Christianity podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I am Alina Van Dyke, your podcast hostess. In a time when the heart of the Lord is often misrepresented, the Restoring Christianity podcast was birthed to extend an invitation for believers in Jesus Christ to wholeheartedly love and obey the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and reconstruct a healthy, deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus. It is my goal to teach and bring in guest speakers who will address real issues with humility and vulnerability and bring balance, clarity, and truth to you who want to seek the Lord in spirit and in truth. Before we start today, there are a few upcoming events that I would like to invite you into. So first, I just want to let you know that there is a team going from New Mexico to Washington, D.C. for New Mexico Week at David's Tent, September 3rd through the 9th. And I am one of the leaders on that team and kind of administrating the liaison relationship between the team in D.C. and us here. And so we are meeting next weekend on the 29th at the Bosque House of Prayer and just talking to people about what it's going to cost, what it's going to look like for us to go. And in a lot of ways, it looks like this trip is not just going to be an opportunity to pray and worship the Lord in Washington, D.C., but also an opportunity for new believers or people new to the prayer movement um, to just kind of learn. We're going to have little lessons and teachings before and after and talk to you guys about prayer and just kind of mentor you through the process so that you're not alone. So if you are interested in prayer, love the idea of praying and seeking the Lord for our nation, for our state, then we invite you to come with us. So you can email me about that at info at prayinthedesert.com or go to our website at prayinthedesert.com. And at the top right-hand corner, there's a little link that says David's Tent and you can click and learn more about it and connect with us. The other thing that I want all of you guys to know about is that in the month of May, there is a global solemn assembly happening from May 7th to the 28th, where 1 million believers or more, who knows, are praying for Israel, praying for Jerusalem, praying um, the Isaiah 62.6 that on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen day and night, all day, all night. They will never keep silent intercessors who will remind the Lord to take no rest and give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I'm totally butchering that scripture. But um, tons of different ministries are gathering together in order to commit to this and pray for Israel and pray for the city of Jerusalem because it's the only city that we're commanded to pray for in the Bible. So if you go to Isaiah62fast.com, you can learn more about it there. Um, But I just want to let you guys know that that's happening and we will be a part of it um, in spirit at Pray in the Desert, whether or not we do a prayer hub in New Mexico. We're trying to figure out if we can do some live meetings, some Zoom meetings for sure. And um, I'm considering whether or not I'm going to have to travel and be a part of other ministries elsewhere that are also taking part in the fast. So we will let you know what's going on. But for now, if you're interested in it, you can email. Again, you can go to prayinthedesert.com. You can go to isaiah62fast.com in order to check out the story and the background and what's really happening with that. But we would love for you to join us in spirit, even if we don't physically do it together. So I should mention one more thing and say that if you go to that website and you're interested in the fast and you're not here locally with me in New Mexico, then you can search for prayer hubs and places that are taking part in the fast. That way you can join a local group where you are. So hopefully most of the announcements and um, kind of current events that happen at the beginning of the podcast will be global and something that you can take part in from anywhere. I feel like we're in that post um, 
2020 season when everything had to go online and we had to figure out Zoom and everything. So I feel like almost everything we do, you can join us, even if it's just online. Now, I'm recording this podcast a little early before it's getting posted, but today um, I took part in an event that was happening here in Albuquerque called Awake New Mexico. And the Lord really put a word on my heart to talk about um, some verses from Isaiah 6 and Isaiah 8. And he's really been talking to me about that section of scripture from Isaiah 6 to Isaiah 8. And it starts with Isaiah saying that he sees the Lord in heaven and says, Woe am I, a man of unclean lips amongst a people of unclean lips. And then an angel comes and touches his lips with a piece of coal and says that his guilt is taken away and that his sin is atoned for. And so the Lord says, whom shall I send? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And he ends up getting this word from the Lord about how the people do not see and do not hear and do not understand with their hearts. And it continues in chapter eight saying that the people have rebelled. And chapter eight, verse 11 says, for the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, do not call conspiracy all that these people call conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. It actually continues, and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it, and they shall fall and be broken and be snared and taken. And the Lord said to me at the beginning of April, well, he said it to me a long time ago, but he said it to me about the month of April this month. He said that this would be a time, a year, when people would either fall into love with Jesus, or they would fall away and fall into sin. And I mentioned in the transition podcast, episode 15, um, introducing Restoring Christianity, that if we do not pursue God with everything that we have, that we will fall away and that we have to pursue him wholeheartedly. And that reminds me of the verse in Matthew 11, um, 11 verse... 12, let's say, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. This is Jesus talking about John the Baptist. And when we say violence, we don't mean, I mean, like the accusations coming against monotheistic religions being violent and Christianity being violent and stuff is a whole nother discussion. So not that, but instead violent pursuit like wholehearted, all in, using all of your strength, focusing on God with all of your intention, without constraint. That is what that means, to go all in when spiritual warfare is raging against you, that you would meet that with equal opposition in the kingdom, in prayer, in fasting, maybe in pursuing God, seeking his face, seeking his will for your life. So with that in mind, woe is me for I am lost and a man of unclean lips and I dwell amidst a people of unclean lips and the Lord saying, walk not in the way of this people. And then knowing that spiritual warfare against us is raging in the heavenlies, 
I exhort you to live in excellence and in holiness in every way that we have an open door. And that's like a very Christianese term, but in every way we have a part of our heart opened to sin, opened to worshiping things that are not of God. The enemy has a foothold and has a way that he can weasel his way in and create fear, doubt, depression, struggle, warfare, problems. In the book of Daniel, Daniel the prophet was called to live above reproach. And the only way that the people that hated him could harm him was to use his own religious practices against him. Paul exhorts Timothy for him to live above reproach and to not forget the prophecies that were spoken over Timothy so that he can walk confidently into his future. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.18, no, yes, 18 at the end of it, he says, wage the good warfare. And that's what I'm talking about, is knowing that you are entrusted with the prophecies that were spoken over you, that you had this encounter with God and you knew that Jesus was real and that he loved you and he died for you, and overcoming whatever is standing against you according to your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Now, I'm going to probably take this in a direction you're not expecting, but the word that I delivered today at the meeting was about radical reconciliation, and that's the title of this podcast. We are living in a culture and in an age where people are canceling each other and they are cutting each other off and no longer talking to people based on bias, prejudice, disagreement, whatever. And the Lord has called us as Christians to a spirit of unity. And so I believe that I am personally called and that the Lord is calling all of us into radical reconciliation. So we're going to look at Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 to talk about the way that we might reconcile with somebody or how to walk that out. Now, the thing is that the moment we talk about radical reconciliation, the question becomes, when do we not reconcile? And for one, when you go to someone and you ask them to reconcile with you and you ask them to return into relationship with you, it takes two people to reconcile. If one person walks away and is unwilling to reconcile, then that's the end of the discussion. And you can say on my end, the door is always open. You can come back whenever you'd like and we can talk about this or whatever, but it really does take two. So if you have approached someone and you've asked them to reconcile and they are unwilling to talk to you or they ghosted you, then there really isn't much you can do. And so you offer them up to the Lord and go, Lord, I put this in your hands. I did what I could on my end. Now it's up to you. On the other side, when there is abuse, trauma, um, emotional abuse, physical abuse, other issues, then seek counsel for what is the level of reconciliation. Because for example, maybe you are married and you were married to somebody who is abusive, but you have children with them and you're going to have to continue to interact with them on a day-to-day basis. It might make sense to reconcile to the level of being acquaintances, being able to have peace with each other, and still, when you hand off the kids back and forth every weekend, um, you know, be able to say, have a good day and not have rage in your heart against them. 
that would be called forgiveness. (laughs) And that would be like the basic level of reconciliation. In my opinion, step one is just, can we live at peace with each other in the same city and not want to murder you if I run into you at the grocery store? That there's a level of just basic forgiveness. And that is level one. And then you might move into friendship. You might move back into a romantic relationship with somebody if you reconcile, um, et cetera. So there's like levels of relationship. And at the very basic level, it's simply forgiving someone. So if you have a tough situation where you're trying to figure out if you should reconcile or not and at what level you should reconcile, then just seek counsel you know, don't take everything in this podcast as legalistic or required. Seek the Lord, seek his direction, do what he tells you to do. Seek wisdom. Now, let's go to Matthew 18. We're going to start at verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses even to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Okay, step one. The first word is if your brother. That means a brother or sister in Christ who actually believes the same things as you and runs by the same moral code, i.e. they confess Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So we're talking Christians to Christians. We're not talking you to somebody who believes the complete opposite of you, okay? Note that because when you're out in the world or you're dealing with, let's say, you know, I just brought up the divorce thing. Let's say you are Christian and your spouse is the complete opposite and is abusive and all of this other stuff. And you're feeling led to walk away because it's harming you and your children at this point. Then that is not the same reconciliation conversation because that's not a fellow believer at the same level, like talking about the same things. Okay. So Somebody at church, in your Bible study, offended you and hurt you because they lied to you about something, something like that. First, you go to them one-on-one and say, hey, this happened. This is how this went down in my perspective. It hurt my feelings. I want to have a conversation about it and come to terms and peace and blah, blah, blah. Hopefully, that person listens to you and you've gained them back for what they did wrong. You prevented offense and hard-heartedness in both of you. All is well. You move on with your lives. Cool. If that person does not respond well and instead flies off the handle and accuses you of things and says that you're being crazy and prideful and how dare you talk to me like this and freaks out, then And again, these are all hypothetical situations, but they refuse to listen to you. Or let's say they just block you and they won't talk to you and they're avoiding you or something like that. And you've tried and they continue to ignore you. Then you take one or two others along with you. Hopefully in a situation like that, let's say like a small group Bible study, there's going to be like a mutual friend or 
a leader of the Bible study maybe that you could confide in that would be a safe person that you could talk to and say, my desire in my heart is to reconcile with this person. I want to be at peace with them. I don't want it to feel weird when we're sitting in Bible study together because they're still angry with me and feel the weird tension in the room and have it affect the whole group. I want to come to peace about this. That means that you're not approaching somebody talking about gossip or slandering them or saying they did all these things to me and blah, blah, blah. This is a heart posture of wanting to win this person back into right relationship with you and with the community. And that heart posture is key. So now both of you go to this person, grab your little Bible study group leader, and both of you sit down with them and say, this is what's going on. And this is what I think happened and et cetera, et cetera. And if they will not, and they refuse to reconcile, to have a conversation, they are belligerent, whatever the case might be, then this verse says, remove them from the group because they are not bringing fruitfulness, love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control to the situation. They are not acting as a believer. They are acting as somebody outside of us. So we're saying in a lot of ways, this is kind of the average behavior of the normal person in the world who's not come to know the Lord yet. And this person is masquerading as a believer. And because we're seeing that they are not actually acting and living out what they claim to believe, their actions are speaking louder than their words, then we remove them from the group because they're going to be an infection that's going to harm now not just me, but other people. And so for the sake of the group, for the sake of the community, we're going to protect the other people in the community from interacting with this harmful person. Now, just in case you think, uh, like my, my words from the last podcast are already hitting me, like, do I actually live this? To the best of my ability, I do. Um, I actually kind of went on a reconciliation tour, uh, like the past couple months, I guess the Lord just brought up so many different names and so many different people to reach out to. And I don't necessarily know that I've taken it to all steps of Matthew 18, but at least the first step to say, Hey, can we talk? Um, and, or people that have removed themselves from my life I've reached out to them, but they've already done, um, you know, kind of the third level and removed themselves from the situation. So that's a thing too. Sometimes people just walk away and your desire to reconcile with them is actually to bring them back into the fold because offense or something might've happened and they might've walked away. And so I've reached out to people and said, Hey, I don't know what happened. I don't know why you disappeared or went in a different direction or something. And if there is anything that I did to offend you or harm you, I would like to reconcile. I miss you. I want you back. We love you. We care about you, et cetera. Um, so every situation is different. And I do think it takes prayerful counsel and um, prayerful leadership in some situations to know the right moves to make when it comes to this. Now, let's back up to Matthew 5. And um, I just want to put it in context and say that the Lord is talking about being angry with people and saying that when you are angry with someone and you think they're being foolish, you're, you fool um, is the phrase in the Bible, then you're liable to hell 
because it is hatred in your heart. So when you are angry with somebody and judging them, it is murder, the spirit of murder that is coming between the two of you. And so when somebody wants you dead, (laughs) that's a whole another level of pressure, okay? And the Lord says, this is Jesus speaking, um, verse 23. So Matthew 5, verse 23 is where I'm starting. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, standing there at church, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So we just got the rules for how to do that in Matthew 18, like a guideline. I don't want to say rules, but like a guideline. Um, Here, it's saying you come into the place of prayer and worship and you're focusing on the Lord and there's this distraction in the back of your brain where you realize there's this conflict and you can't focus and you're thinking about that conflict instead of being able to be fully present in the moment. I have been there then you need to go reconcile with them because that conflict is preventing your connection to the Lord. So in the command to love the Lord our God with everything that we have, that conflict with our neighbor is preventing us from being able to love the Lord because we're not loving our neighbor. And or we're feeling that they don't love us and that puts us in our heart in a weird position And so we have to come to terms with that and walk it out that we go to them and say, you are holding something against me and I want to make it right because I can feel it. Or even if it's just, it feels like you're holding something against me. There's weird tension. You're acting weird when I see you, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just want to make sure there isn't anything between us. Maybe it's a lot more innocent um, and you're not hundred percent aware of a conflict, then that's still the right thing to do. Now, many years ago, I was at a like workshop, I guess, and the pastor that led it said, anytime that he's sitting with somebody and the person across from them says, hey, so-and-so's upset with you or so-and-so said this about you or whatever, that in that moment when he's sitting across from the person that told him, he's like, oh, great, let me call her. And he picks up his phone and he calls the person, he or she, that like person, how do I say that? Person number three (laughs) um, that's not sitting across from him and says, hey, I'm sitting with so-and-so and and they told me you're mad at me. Let's talk. And reconciles with them the moment that, uh, that they hear about it, that he hears about it. And I was kind of stunned and also was like, this is brilliant. Like that is, that is so real to cut it the moment that you hear about it. There is so much accusation and division standing in the church body right now. And I, as speaking as somebody that is part of different communities all over Albuquerque, at least, um, there's different people with different perspectives and different belief systems around their spirituality and different things that matter to them. Sometimes I feel like I'm living in Paul's letters of like, is circumcision okay? Is this food okay? Is this okay? You know, because we have the modern day versions of that. Like, are you required to be speaking in tongues or not? You know, there's just all these different things that people are questioning. But typically the unity isn't really about those things. It's about gossip and slander 
and lack of trust. And so there's a spirit of accusation that comes and says, they're a sinner and so they're not good enough, or they're not worthy because of this, or they offended me and hurt me for this reason, or we had a prayer event and they took the stage and they were selfish. And it's all about perspective and judging the intention of someone else's heart. And the truth is that God is the only one that can judge a heart of a man and he or woman. And he's the only one that knows what the real intention or the real purpose was in their actions or behaviors. My point is to say that it's not typically outsiders that are dividing us. It's not typically a theological debate necessarily that's dividing us. It's the enemy within. And it's the enemy amongst us. So whether it's inside of us and it's pride or the spirit of murder, hatred, anger, jealousy, those are the things that stand in the way. And or there actually is a spirit operating. So it can still be like a spirit of jealousy or something, but it can also be that you have like an antichrist spirit or a divisive spirit that's coming in to actually like destroy a church. You have churches that split over things, um, things like that. So before the snowball can get that big and it can cause a church split, um, the Lord gives us that guidance. Matthew 5, Matthew 18. The moment that you know that there is a problem, go to be reconciled. Not go cut them off and ghost them and avoid them and never talk to them again. Go and reconcile with them. So instead of avoidance, the Lord is asking us for direct confrontation to create peace with a purpose to say, I love you and you matter to God. And so you matter to me and we're going to figure this thing out and we're going to sit down and we're going to hash it out. So like curveball number two, <laughs> um, what if you believe somebody's a Christian and you're trying to reconcile with them, but the longer you go, their actions are showing you that they might not be because we have a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing operating in the church. And we have a lot of people that are actually coming and intentionally creating division. And so there is no reconciling with them because their purpose is to come and gain power for themselves. Like their heart isn't in the right place and it's clear. Why is it clear? Because you'll know them by their fruit. And so if you're up against that kind of fight, then I really encourage you to gather some prayer warriors around you to figure out the right moves to make because this is really difficult stuff. And sometimes it is best to remove yourself from a situation. These are really complicated things. Relationships are complicated. And so again, we have a biblical structure for the right way to do it. But then there's, well, what do we do if it's not a believer? And what do I do if it's a coworker? And what do if I, you know, what about this and this and this? Like there's so many different caveats and special circumstances to throw a wrench 
into this and let it snowball into something way bigger than you ever planned on. And now it's nightmare. And so again, I really encourage you to seek wise counsel. You know, when you can go nip something in the butt right away and go reconcile with your family member, brother, sister right away, then do that. Do it while it's still small and it's still easy and it's not a big deal. But when you find out that people are slandering you and accusing you of all kinds of things and talking behind your back, it may be a whole new level of needing prayerful support and even grieving like what's been lost and the damage that's been done. And so in those situations, seek the Lord, pray about it, come to terms and peace in your heart to forgive so that you can keep your heart clean and you can walk wholeheartedly before him and before others. So the bottom line is this. Now we move from Jesus to Paul. <laughs> Romans twelve eighteen, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's really the bottom line. So far as it is possible on your end, live at peace with everyone, believer, unbeliever, etc., do what you can to walk in reconciliation, walk in forgiveness, walk in peace. You know, we forget sometimes that when you put on the armor of God, Ephesians 6, and you're praying shield of faith and belt of truth and helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, that we also have shoes of peace. So everywhere you walk, walk in peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, and an environment of peace to be at peace with the people around you. And I'm sure there's many other ways to also interpret that, but I'll just name three. So we'll close with a prayer. And it'll be a prayer for reconciliation. I just want to note first that being somebody who's divorced myself, there are moments that reconciliation is like the last thing you want to hear about because you know that everyone in the world is pressuring you to reconcile and only you and God and that one other person know that it's not possible. I have a very, very dear friend who in the midst of her divorce never told anyone outside the very close inner circle why they were getting divorced because she refused to ever say anything bad about him. And I will forever honor and adore her and have a whole new perspective on what it means to walk something out with the Lord and the Lord alone because of that action and behavior. There are moments that other people will judge you and judge your heart for your choices, but they do not know the truth and they do not know the whole story. And in most cases, that's probably true. And that's why we sit down and we try to hash it out with somebody and come to terms with them and come to peace with them. But there's moments when, like my friend, the right thing to do is to not tell the whole story. And then it puts us in conflict with other people that are unhappy with our choices. And in those situations, I beseech you to obey the voice of God and to do what feels right between you and the Lord and not worry about people pleasing or what other people think 
live and walk out your faith with fear and trembling before the Lord and not before man. If there is something that man is demanding an answer from in you, I don't know how to word that, but if, if man is demanding an answer from you about something specific in order for them to feel good about your choices, but you are choosing to not tell them because it would harm someone else or slander someone else or uncover someone else's sin for you to tell the whole story, then feel freedom to not give an explanation to those people. If it's leadership and you have to or something, then maybe you can try to figure out a way to talk around it and come to peace and ask them to pray about it and you pray about it and you know work it out slowly. But if there's pressure to give an answer, then please don't move in the spirit of fear and in the spirit of being manipulated by what other people are demanding of you. Because again, I have personal experience with somebody bullying me into admitting something or talking about something that harmed someone else. And the grief that I have for hurting someone else because of just being bullied. Like I don't even, I don't even have, like now that I think back on the issue, you know, it's like many moons later, you're like, gosh, that person manipulated, was controlling, was bullying me into giving them an answer. And I wish I would have walked out the door. I don't, I can't believe that I didn't see what it was for what it was at the moment. (laughs) Um, In those situations, you know, I think of my friend and I lean into the Lord knowing that if somebody is bullying, manipulating, coming to steal, kill, and destroy, then they are not operating in the right spirit. I really believe that most of our relational issues are to bring us into sanctification. Like the Lord allows so much uh, fighting between his children, for lack of a better way of saying that, um, because we need to grow and iron sharpens iron and two rocks rub up against each other in order to polish each other. And so as we are being purified and shaped into the likeness of Christ, other people are going to rub up against us and it's not going to feel great. And so in all of those situations, follow this, follow Matthew 5 and 18. Think about not conforming to the way of the world, not conforming to gossip and slander and ghosting and cutting people out and raising yourself above them and deciding that they're nothing and they're worthless and they're not good enough in order to make yourself feel better or in order to bully and manipulate and control and make them a victim to you. That's not the heart of the Lord. And so walk into purity and Christ-likeness to the best of your ability. And if you need help, ask him and cry out to the name of Jesus and say, this is a thing that is bigger than me. I feel powerless against it, but I know that your name is more powerful than every other name. Any emotion I'm feeling, any conflict I'm having, any person I'm dealing with and just plead the blood. So I will do that right now and stop rambling. Lord, we come to you with hearts full of 
memories where people have hurt us and harmed us and wounded us. And there are some situations where you would not tell us to go back and reconcile. But we want to take an inventory of our heart, Lord. And to the best of our ability, we want to obey your word to live at peace with all people. So Lord, we ask that you would highlight names, that you would highlight faces of people that we have harmed or people that have harmed us that it is possible to reconcile with. Lord, we prayerfully will seek you on this issue. And we ask you, God, to reveal the perfect time, the perfect way, the perfect steps that you would breathe on the spirit of unity and the spirit of reconciliation in us and in our heart. Lord, come. You are the one that unites us. You are the good father that made us a family in the first place. If you chose me and you chose this other person to be a part of your family, then they matter to you. And so, Lord, I ask that I would see that person the way that you see them. We ask for a spirit of reconciliation, of radical reconciliation to be birthed in our hearts right now. Lord, you are holy and you are loving. And we ask to be like you. We ask to walk in a purity of heart that you would seek us and know us, that we would know you and that we would love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us good counsel. Keep our mouths shut when we want to speak ill about someone or we want to just vent our feelings because we're frustrated. Lord, may we vent to you and share our frustrations with you. Lord, may we not repay others for how they've treated us. But instead, would we know that we are all broken, we are all sinners, and that you died for them and you died for us. Lord, we are surrounded by people with unclean lips, and we are surrounded by people that want us to be like them, and we just want to be like you. So Lord, lead us and guide us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May your will and your kingdom be manifest in our lives on earth down here as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we ask all this. As we were praying, I have a concern flashing up in my spirit going, this was an awful idea <laughs> uh, to talk about reconciliation because for some of you, um, condemnation can come against you and or even just a sincere spirit of conviction that could make you rush out and try to reconcile with somebody that it really does take prayerful consideration of the right time and the right way to approach somebody if there's been real wounding and they may not be ready. And so while the Lord tells us to do this, again, it takes two to reconcile. So before I let you go, I just want to remind you again to walk this out with wisdom and know that 
relationships are complicated and reconciliation is complicated and that your heart posture before the Lord to be willing to reconcile is the most important part. You can be in charge of your own heart, even if you can't actually make reconciliation happen. And may the Lord be with you and may the Prince of Peace rule over your heart as you approach these tough situations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to visit alinavandyke.com and to read my book, Return to Love, Restoring the Heart of Christianity. If you want access to exclusive content only for supporters of this ministry, please find Alina Van Dyke, all one word, on Patreon. $25 a month may not be much to you, but would make all the difference for me as we dedicate ourselves full-time to building a house of prayer in New Mexico. The best places to follow me are on Instagram and Twitter at Alina underscore Van Dyke. And if you're in New Mexico, please consider connecting with our prayer ministry at Pray in the Desert. From the bottom of my soul, thank you for listening.